You know, I try to be a pretty positive person, I think, and see the good in things, because, I mean, what's the point in the opposite, right? Everyone needs to improve in some kind of capacity, and thinking that you don't is actually just as much of a problem. So, if you're a listener of this podcast, I'm your host, Mike Zago, blah, 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 this one's going to have a different tone, and I'm not going to apologize for it, because when I created this podcast, I wanted to be able to talk about whatever I thought was cool or important or relevant in the moment, and if I boxed myself in, I knew I would have regretted it later that I didn't have the opportunity to talk about X, Y, or Z when it's an A, B, or C day. And I did this once before, kinda, in episode 51. There was something going on in my life that was really important, so I did a quick five-minute episode on how to donate to it, why it's important, blah, blah, blah. This one will probably be more than five minutes, but the point remains, it's gonna be a little different. It's hard for me to avoid joking. I didn't even know how to start this without a jokey intro. But it was a pretty serious week. Roe v. Wade gets overturned by the Supreme Court. And I think it's really weird to just go ahead and do a random episode this week talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi or whatever. That is the one I had planned. It's going to come out next week. I'm still going to do it. But I think it's pretty weird to just sweep the biggest story in the country under the rug and not even address it. So I think we should. I'm not going to do an intro, outro, no music, no ads, no nothing. I just want to talk about it for a little while. And although I'm usually a go get some facts and, you know, blow your socks off with stats and stuff like that, I don't really want to do that either. You can go everywhere and get that kind of stuff. But what I want to talk about is how we got here and what the hell we're supposed to do now. And I try not to get political on this show. But this is a social issue and I'm always talking to people about people and how to act and how you're supposed to be and we get deep sometimes. And I like people, which is half the reason I like to talk to them on this podcast and you know what? I don't want them to die or be scared or have their life uprooted because someone else refused to think as a whole and dug their heels in on this antiquated unrealistic solution. Now again, I don't really want to attack people on here because I feel like that is the exact thing that got us to where we are now. These lines drawn in the sand between two parties, which I hate, but we'll get to that later. I feel like we've gone so far backwards that it's just more about being right and validating your rightness than it is actually trying to get the whole country to move forward together, even if you have to make some compromises when it comes to that. And that's really hard to do, especially in the era where everybody has a voice, myself included. Everybody has their way of posting what they believe and talking to the masses about it and getting their ideals out there. And I think that's all good. The problem is when you think that that opinion, like me doing this podcast, is the only way to think, which it's not. You have to listen to other people and understand how they view things to be able to move forward together. Otherwise, you might as well just fist fight to the death and then the winner gets whatever they want. And that's where it feels like we are now, which is pretty sad. So while a lot of people are scared, rightfully so, and mad, rightfully so, and talking about where we went wrong with Supreme Court rules and the crumbling of America and fear and sadness and lack of empathy and, you know, general talk about abortions and what this means, and I'll do some of that, I guess, I feel like the more relevant question is like, why can't some people see the other side? And I do have a really strong opinion on this. I'm not afraid to share it. I don't think Roe v. Wade should have been overturned only because I think pro-choice includes pro-life. And that, to me, is a more 
realistic solution for the whole entire country where everyone gets to choose, right? But I also do know that the people that are pro-life believe that babies are being murdered. And if I were to feel that way, I guess I would probably want to uproar if I saw people doing it, right? And so everyone's line is drawn differently. And I don't think that is ever going to change. There's so many people, everyone's bound to have different opinions. I'm fine with that. But it should be up to the leadership to find the solution that makes the most sense for all sides. And it feels like we kind of already had that. And so when you take it away, it most definitely feels like we're moving backwards towards only this set of opinions matter. Whereas we had another situation where everyone's set of opinions was relevant and allowed. But I'm trying really hard not to blame the people that believe that this is the wrong thing to do because that's kinda how we got to this place in the first place. It's either my opinion or yours and nothing else makes sense. And that's just not gonna ever be the case, nor should it be the way that you go about your life. You gotta try to figure out what the other side is thinking, why deep down, what's the crux of your difference. And I, like a lot of other people, have a really hard time with that especially when it's about such a serious topic. But it has happened. And so how the hell do we find our way through this and forward and fix it for all the people that are super upset? And I don't hear enough people having that conversation. I know it has just happened. It's very fresh as I'm recording this, which is why I'm recording it. So maybe we're just not there yet as a whole. But I think sometime soon we need to get there. The outrage doesn't need to go away. People should protest in the streets peacefully. People should make their voices heard no different than I am. But I do think it's important not to just yell fuck you to the other side and instead to try to have an actual conversation about it. Because you wake up one morning and you go, this really happened in 2022? This is where we're at? I mean, there were reports about this happening for a while, and yet it felt so blindsiding to me anyway even though I knew it was probably coming. So to feel like you had the rug ripped out under you because you figured, well, this is totally unrealistic. We don't live in 1950. This law is not going to go away. But it felt like everything just changed overnight and people didn't have enough time to express in advance how they felt about it. And the truth is, we probably did have enough time, right? And people did talk about this constantly. Abortion has always been a conversation that's in the spotlight. But for as much connection as we have to each other in this internet-driven age, we are really reactionary. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being reactionary, but being proactive has become so much harder because there's so many things to keep track of. Like, I don't even know who to blame for this, but while news was breaking that Roe v. Wade could be overturned, and it's been going on for a while, but once the news outlets started to pick it up and you would see it over the internet and people were like, hey, this might really go on, by the way, people were still probably talking about the Johnny Depp trial more. And it's like, I don't really want to blame those people because it's kind of what's force-fed to you, but we can't keep just being reactive to the things that happen and then being outraged. It's not that there's anything morally wrong with that order of operations, it's that it's not working and it's not productive. And it's probably because it's uncomfortable to have these conversations until there's kind of a quote-unquote reason to have them, but there always is a reason to have them or else we end up here. But I, as well as you guys, probably see a lot more arguments over abortion right now than I was a year ago, and yet the problem was always there. So like a lot of things, I think the answer here, and it's not a good answer and it's not a quick answer or a fix, is to just understand each other better 
so that you can make more informed decisions and come to an agreement, so to say, between these two ideals that if X, Y, and Z happens, at least we can maybe band together and make sure that our collective voice is understood. Because we don't have that right now. And so if there is no collective voice, which maybe there never will be, but if you at least don't try to have one, then our leadership is going to have a really hard time understanding who they're supposed to cater to. And when they have a hard time understanding that, and by the way, they're not excused, they should know better, they're going to end up defaulting to whatever they think is right. And that's not at all why they are elected or hired for these jobs or appointed. They're not supposed to just put their opinion out there and make it law. They're supposed to represent everyone. And that's a really hard job. They don't deserve to be excused because they signed up for that job. So I'm not going to cry for them when they don't step up to the plate and accomplish the job that they set out for. But we are making it a little bit difficult on them to know which side they're supposed to take. So I think everyone needs to take some responsibility, at least moving forward, in trying to be empathetic to the other side, even when it's really hard, even when it makes no sense to you and you're outraged about it, to not just lash out because then you end up with this fifth grade fight that is like, no, you're the asshole. No, you're the asshole. And then it, it just never goes anywhere. How do we get somewhere? And I'm also not bashing the people that are having those fifth grade fights because it's frustrating and it's hard to get control over what's going on, and you should be outraged, and it's trash that we live in this time where this is happening. I'm with you. I just want to try to find the way forward from here, because it has happened. And I don't want to excuse the president for having no control, or the Republicans for shutting him down at every step. I don't really want to hear it anymore, even if it's true. Do the job, or you failed. Bring people together, or you failed. Find a way to connect to people opposite you to move us forward, or you failed. If you're the supposed leader of the free world, which not only is Joe Biden, but everyone there in that building, everyone that's appointed as a government official, I can't accept from you that it's too hard to bring everyone together. Finger pointing is not the job of the government. Even if it's literally impossible to get things passed or to make everybody happy, continue to try harder because that's also going to be your measuring stick. Also, try not to let people die. And if you think that abortion is murder, you probably just said to yourself, well, we're trying to stop people from dying. And my retort to that would be, well, we have a lot of data to show, and common sense, by the way, that that's not actually how this is going to go. There will be a lot of people that die because of this ruling. There's no question. We've seen it before. We have the historical information to know that that's the case. Because while it has just reverted to being a state rule, the people that live in the middle of a gigantic state that can't get to another state to have a procedure done are screwed. So what's going to end up happening? They're going to do some dark back alley stuff and it's not going to go that well. And I've seen all too many of this conversation go right to a different issue. And I hate that, first of all. While you're debating one thing, don't relate it to a million other things. Stay on topic. So what I've heard from a lot of, I don't want to say Republicans, because everyone should be able to feel a certain way without fucking only wearing a certain color. The addiction to two parties is just disgusting to me, but I'm sure I'll rant about that more. But if you are in support of repealing Roe v. Wade, please do not relate this to gun control. They're not the same. I don't like when people are inconsistent, I'll say that, but I don't view these two things as supposed to be consistent with one another. 
Because this past week, it seems to always devolve into constitutional rights, like they're all the same as one another. By the way, the document was written 250 fucking years ago. I think maybe we could update it. Everyone needs a new phone every three years, but the document that gets written to run the country is totally fine for 250 plus? Okay. But I've just seen so many people go... Well, you want to take away our Second Amendment, so you're okay with changing the rules and repealing something that was given to us? Shouldn't you be okay with removing a freedom for other people? This is how it feels. And it's like, no, man. No. They're not the same. Because when someone buys a gun, they have the opportunity to kill a lot of different people. When someone gets an abortion, they're not going to walk into a park and all of a sudden 20 other people get abortions. If guns could only affect yourself, then yeah. We might have some comparison between these two things, but that's not the case. And so I understand if you think this is murder to be outraged over the fact that it was happening for so long and stand up for your opinion and talk through it, which not enough people are doing. Fine. I don't agree with it, but fine. Just stop using this crutch of other issues to describe how you feel about this issue. Stay on topic. So that's that. I also think there's some hypocrisy from the people that wanted this to be overturned that they're not acknowledging within this one issue. And I can't help but relate this to a comedian. George Carlin from the 90s had this classic bit. You've probably seen it. If you didn't go on YouTube, it's probably posted everywhere now. Where he's talking about abortion. He says, pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No nothing. No neonatal care. No daycare. No head start. No school lunch. No food stamps. No welfare. No nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. And it goes on, and he makes it relatable, and Carlin was the best at being a comedian, but actually saying real shit that mattered. But the reason I say that is not to point at them and say, well, fuck you for this. It's to ask, hey, do you think this is consistent? And why do so many people on that side of the aisle, not finger pointing, but generally asking why? How do we close this gap? Why are you so pro-life in this one scenario, but then when we have to talk about the aftermath of what happens if a poor person who cannot afford to have a child or has some circumstances where they think they can't handle this lifelong responsibility that they're about to have, whether it's morally right or morally wrong, why is it that the issue does stop there and then we're not willing to have the conversation about what should happen after? Because at least there should be some level of consistency, right? If you're pro-life, especially for a religious reason, which a lot of people are, that's the driving force behind this. And we'll get to religion in a second. But if you believe that everyone should have a life and you can't take one, which cool, I don't like the death penalty because I don't believe I deserve to make the rule on whether someone should take another person's life. I don't want that responsibility. I also acknowledge that if you think you should, then you can make that decision for yourself. I don't like blanket stuff. I don't like even saying Democrats or Republicans when I'm talking about this shit because painting with a broad brush is nasty. So I'm trying not to. But a lot of people that are pro-life, from my opinion, also don't want to expand welfare and don't generally have a good outlook on how to protect the underprivileged in this country. And with that comes a lot of race issues and general social issues that never seem to align with what you're saying you want. If you want pro-life and everyone should live, that also should mean that everyone should have the same right to a good life, or at least some level of olive branch to get them there. And it does feel a lot like too many people are okay with the fact that you're asking a 16-year-old girl who has no family and no money 
to have a child and then just deal with it without assistance after that. But to me, if you're going to make this kind of ruling, which I don't agree with, then you better at least be able to have the follow-up ready also. Now, to be clear, this is not where I wanted to go, but I'm just searching for some level of consistency in the opinion and the argument to follow through with. If you really believed that every single life was so precious from the moment that it was conceived, then you should be protecting it with everything that you have. It's the same reason why a lot of right-wing people are pro-military. Because they have to protect our lives, and our country, and our way of being. Fine, but then protect it everywhere. Why does this line get drawn? Why are we not talking about expanding welfare and making daycare available to everybody for free? And don't even get me started on the healthcare thing. Because then all of a sudden it's right back to capitalism. And it's like, well, which one is it though? So I just want people to at least acknowledge that there's a gap, not only between the two sides, but within each individual side. And I'm not trying to excuse Democrats either, because not enough, in my opinion, not enough of this kind of conversation of trying to figure out, I'm genuinely asking the people that do believe in pro-life at all costs, no ifs, ands, or buts, why don't you support those other things? And if you do, why are your elected officials, our elected officials, but, you know, wearing your color, why are they not supporting the things that you want? And if you don't want them, I need you to explain it to me. But so much of it is just pulling someone's hair and running away and saying, gotcha, you're the asshole, that we never actually get anywhere. And it's so consistent on every issue these days. It's crazy. No one wants to talk to the other side and figure it out. And that's what I expect our elected officials to do. Sit in the room and figure it out. Get to it. Get to a solution that everyone can at least say, all right, they tried to see our side. That's not what's happening on a lot of different issues. So when people are outraged, like myself, two things happen. One, some people just shut down and say, oh, this is bullshit, and then flip the channel to a sports game and move on. I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes everybody is. So I'm trying not to do that. I'm trying not to sweep it under the rug. And I'm also trying not to be combative or negative, but I'm trying to get answers here. And I didn't want to have another person on this because it happened too fast. I wanted to record right after this occurred to get my real feelings out. And the truth is, it's hard to find people that are willing to have those conversations without getting into just arguments and it devolving into something that you didn't intend it to be in the first place. So if I can find one of those people, happy to have them on. But the other thing I feel, whether this is true or not, I feel this way and so do a lot of people, that it's not actually about the issue that they say it's about. It feels like people are lying to us. It feels like the people that are in the streets celebrating this ruling, two things about them. One, I have to believe that they were led to feel this way by another person. I have to believe that they are not stupid, but from my perspective, ignorant, which is a word that gets a bad rep, by the way. Ignorant just means that you didn't really know. It doesn't mean you're a dumbass, which is how a lot of people use it. It just means that you didn't have the information from the other side to understand what you're even saying. And that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like if you grew up in a super religious conservative household and you believe the things your parents tell you and you think that this is right because you've had your role models your whole life and this is the way they say and you're going to carry that on explain that to me so i can explain to you why i don't think that's the case and why i think that's a little too narrow-minded but that's not ever what happens instead you see just people out there with signs like uh fuck roe or i've seen a bunch of gravestones with roe v wade on it and you're like 
I think you're trying to just be right and stick it to the other person and be this new wave troll more than you are trying to back up your personal beliefs. And this isn't everybody. Again, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I do see it. And it's really disappointing. So those people aside, which I don't necessarily believe the elected officials are those people. I do think those elected officials probably know better or have seen enough of both sides and dealt with each other so much that they don't have their heads buried in the sand even if they pretend to. So it feels like this is all about something else. That it's a position they take to make a point. And this isn't a time to make a point about a thing. Because, again, if it was about babies, we would have universal health care for mothers. You wouldn't be charged ungodly amounts to stay in the hospital when you have a child. Ask someone who's had a baby recently to see their medical bill, pre-insurance, and your eyes will pop out of your head. God forbid you have complications during your delivery and you have to stay there for longer or have procedures, you might go bankrupt. If it was just about the baby's living, we would have months of parental leave and maternity leave, paternity leave. I work with some people who get much longer paternity leave than our mothers get here. And that's great. But it feels like America doesn't actually care about those kind of things. And yet we're making this ruling as if all we care about is the life. Are you starting to see how inconsistent it sounds from this side? And if I'm wrong, please explain it to me. Because then why don't we have free diapers or formula or childcare from newborn on or guaranteed preschool? I mean, this is the same place that just went through this insane formula shortage where people are panicking about how to feed the children they already have. Real life issue that we're trying to deal with. And then on this other side, seemingly not paying attention to any of that kind of stuff, we want to force more children to be out here, which is going to make those issues when they pop up harder to figure out, especially for people who can't afford it to begin with or have their own complications. It's just weird to draw a line without taking any context into the situation. I always hear the argument from the so-called blue wearers of, well, what about rape, right? If someone is raped and becomes pregnant, shouldn't they be able to abort the baby? And I really never hear the answer from the other side. It's just falling back on this blanket while well, we think every life is precious and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I hear you. You're allowed to think life is precious and you're allowed to think that murdering babies is wrong because we have our line too. After nine months, after the baby is born, no one is saying that that baby should be killed. Now, whether you believe it's at eight months or seven months, six months, five months, or conception itself, everyone has their own line. We're not that far away from each other as we make it out to be. But that's not an excuse to not answer the questions. So if someone is raped, explain to me, please, why they need to go through this whole entire process and why they're not being supported after the fact by all the different things that I named. Because at least if we have consistency, we can understand where you're coming from, we can talk about it, and we can tweak it to make it work for everyone. But this just felt like someone one day threw a dart at a board and one of the spots where it landed just had pro-life on it and that was the only thing they were going to do until they got their way and disregarded all of the things that were right next to it in the Venn diagram of life that are clearly connected, but throw that to the side. We just want this one thing and it doesn't matter the ripple effect that it has. And it's just not nuanced enough for me. So I think we should talk about it more. I think this whole thing of not getting political is a thing of the past. That's done now. And honestly, it never should have existed. It's just an excuse to not have conversations that you're uncomfortable in. And that is how you get past the discomfort. 
I love being able to have a conversation that I'm uncomfortable in and come out the other side either having learned something or at least having tried. And if you can't express your opinion on it, but you have one, then tell people you're just having a hard time putting it into words, and that's acceptable. And if you don't think you have an opinion on this, or you don't think it's worth talking about or listening to, then A, you're probably not listening to this, but B, you should probably look inward and ask yourself, why don't I care about this? And what is my stance on it? And should I make myself a little more aware of the things that are making people around me that I love outraged? Because everyone everywhere knows someone who is deeply impacted and hurt by this. Or the other way. Really feels like this is something that needed to happen. Every, it's connected to every single human being in the country. So if you're just brushing it to the side and say, well, it's not really my responsibility to talk about it, then it's no different than saying, well, my vote doesn't matter. It's like, okay, this is such a silly thought process. Because if everyone felt that way, we would get nowhere. Now, if you don't want to vote because you believe you're not informed enough, I've kind of always felt like two things. One, okay, that's at least a reasonable take. And two, there's a lot of resources to get informed, so maybe put in a little bit of effort, right? And there's really no difference on this one, except there's no voting. Although there is, you can vote in your officials who will then impact who goes on the Supreme Court who makes these decisions for you. But even take it at its base level, if you're not even having the conversation with the people that you're closest with, especially guys, because I saw a lot of females having the conversation, and someone brought up to me, who I respect and trust their opinion very much, like, hey, is your guys group chat talking about this? And to some extent it was, and to some extent it wasn't, and I did get kind of disappointed because I felt like that was probably happening everywhere. And so while this is a female issue of females should be able to decide what happens to their own body, and of course guys shouldn't be able to make decisions for females without their input, etc., etc., I get all that. This should be something that is discussed between all walks of life and all people on both sides of every aisle. If for no other reason than more people pushing for the right thing is going to get the right thing to happen more quickly. And you can double your reinforcements by having guys also give a shit. So I hope that's happening. And I don't mean to make it just political, but it's hard to separate the political and social aspects of these two things. And I have always thought since high school, when we had to register to vote for a specific party, I said to myself, why? Why am I only allowed to tie myself to this side of things and have an impact on only half of it? In fact, I went back and looked it up. I knew I saved it. A Reddit Ask Me Anything from 10 years ago. I was just out of college, thousand years old, makes me feel a thousand to say that, and I asked a congressional candidate, David Seaman, don't make the joke, do you see a real need for political parties at this point in society? It seems as though candidates could just run against each other based more on their specific views rather than the party's traditional ones. I feel like this would allow voters to more accurately choose who they want to vote for and stop blind support of either specific party. And they have since deleted that comment, shocker. But I remember the response being, you're pretty much right. You should decide on each specific issue and not blindly support one side or the other. And I do feel like this relates really closely because, and maybe I'm wrong, I think there are a lot of people wearing red right now. Maybe the former president had an impact on this. Maybe it was growing way before any of that. I think it was. But there are a lot of people wearing red that just are supporting it because it's not blue. And that is really sad. It's wanting more to win than to do the right thing. Now, sometimes those things are aligned and necessary, but we've gone so far into just supporting blindly our own side that I think the system itself is pushing us away from each other. 
And it's really important to say that out loud and to check in with yourself and ask yourself if you're doing that because you shouldn't be. Everyone deserves to have their own opinion on things as long as it is critically thought about and informed. But I'm seeing a lot of people that don't feel very critically thought out supporting this ruling that cannot also articulate to me the specifics of why there's inconsistency in the types of people it targets, namely people who don't have enough money to deal with it their own way, or the aftermath of the baby being born and then not having enough governmental support to get them through despite the fact that the government itself says that you must do this, they then feel abandoned. Why aren't we able to consistently across the board, not just the politicians explaining it, but the people that voted this way, why are we not thinking about that and why are we not having the conversation to fix it? And I just don't hear the conversation enough. And maybe I'm rolling in the wrong circles and I'd be happy to have the conversation at the link underscore podcast. Contact me. Doesn't need to be on the air. I'm ready to have a conversation with you about it and hear your point of view and try to understand so I can get mine across and we'll probably fight about it. And that's okay. As long as you do it respectfully. And with an outcome in mind, to get somewhere, to understand each other better, to land on a side where everyone feels like they're being taken care of and not taken advantage of. So if you're protesting this or really angry or upset, you deserve to be, and I support you in your protesting as long as you're doing it peacefully with something positive in mind at the end of it. Don't stoop to the level of people that you believe you're complaining about. Take the high road and push for what you believe is right. It's like when people say, oh, well, those people that believe in guns so much, they should get shot and see how it feels. It's like, no, no, that's not how it should be. You want to avoid that. That's the whole reason you don't believe in guns to begin with, you being me in this case. I don't want them to know how it feels because I'm terrified of how it feels and I don't want anyone to feel that way. So I want to talk through it with them and understand or at least make them understand my point of view that this is leading to really bad things that we have not considered enough and we need to do something about it before you end up feeling this way because I will feel my heart break for you if you do get into a situation where you say, man, I really wish I thought about the other side before this ever happened to me. So there's people out there that are feeling really angry and lashing out and saying, I hope your daughter gets raped and you have to see how this feels. No, nobody should feel that way. I understand you're angry and you're just saying things but you gotta talk through it from the high road or else you're losing yourself here. And that's a little bit of a criticism of the left side too. I'm trying to stay balanced. I think we all have work to do in how we interact with one another. And since we're kind of bad at that right now, I think that has led to this gigantic misunderstanding at the top where it feels like just red versus blue and nothing else. And I think at least a way to start to heal and fix this is to just have society and people talk with one another and relate. And part of the reason I love doing this podcast with guests is because you sit down and there's no bullshit in the way. You're not on your phone. You're not impacted by other people's opinions. You're talking right at each other and you get a deeper connection by doing that. And I feel really good every single time I come out of a podcast, even if I disagree with a person, at least we connected and we understand each other better coming out of it. And everyone can do that. And I think it trickles upwards. If everyone is so used to that, they're going to end up electing people that are also supporting the ability to do that. And if you have people that support the ability to try to understand the other side, you will run into fewer of these issues where these hard lines in the sand are drawn and Republicans and Democrats refuse to give in to one another. 
So I always am celebrating the people that crossed the aisle because there shouldn't even fucking be an aisle to begin with or colors or anything. Everyone should have their own nuanced opinions but also be able to back them up and be consistent about them and truly believe that their reasoning is because they think it will be a better world for everybody. So when I bring up these reasons why repealing Roe v. Wade is not actually ending up a better world for everybody, because of what happens to poor women, because of what happens to underprivileged women, because of what happens to rape and incest victims, I want you to be able to explain to me why you either disagree or why you think we need to change things alongside each other to move the needle on those issues, the welfare after the fact, the healthcare, all that kind of stuff, because you can't really have one without the other. And I tread lightly on religion, even though it's so deeply ingrained in this issue. Because I do believe that everyone should be able to choose their own religion. I don't think anyone would really dispute that. Imagine if you lived in a country, and they exist, in abundance, where you didn't have a choice in the religion that you practiced. And it feels like a lot of Christian people right now are enforcing their beliefs onto other people because either the Bible tells them so, I'm not saying they don't believe it, they probably do, or just because it's a rule of this religion, then they abide by that. And that's fine. But those people also wouldn't want to be told that, hey, next year, you have to start following this other religion, no matter what they say. Follow it to the T, every single thing it says in this book. You wouldn't want to be told that, and so why are you telling other people that? Taking choice away from people is scary, and it should be scary. And we tout that we live in the bastion of freedom, even though like 80% of countries in the world have freedom, and yet you're taking away from a freedom right now. You see a lot of conservative people waving American flags and saying America is the greatest. Make America great again. And one of the reasons they believe it's great is because of the freedoms they're allowed. And yet you're taking one away. And then you're celebrating about it. You gotta help me understand. Someone has to help me understand. And it's a challenge to people at all levels, from leadership down. There's a great Star Wars quote, couldn't resist putting a comedy bit and a Star Wars quote in this episode, even though it's not funny at all, by Ahsoka Tano, great Jedi, Padawan, becomes Jedi. It's everyone's duty to challenge their leaders, to keep them honest, and to hold them accountable if they're not. I'm not seeing a lot of honesty. I'm seeing a lot of rah-rah, we got it right, and you guys are wrong, and we won. And the inconsistency is a lack of honesty to me, and I want those questions answered. So please reach out. I'd be happy to hear them. And if I'm wrong, we can work through that. But we got to start somewhere. And it feels like a really down period right now because it is one. But we got to find a way to dig out of this thing. And I can't imagine we're going to do it if we keep building this fence between us. So reach out to a person that has a different opinion than you and try to talk through it. Or message me if you have the other opinion or the supporting opinion. And we can talk about it. I'm happy to do it. On the air, off the air, I don't care. Call me hair. And like I said, we're not that far away from each other like everyone is making it seem. No one believes that a six-month-old baby should be murdered. No one. So everyone has that line. And whether ours are six months apart from each other or not, we should both be able to see in each other that we both have that same line. And we both want to protect everybody. And we both believe that life is precious and freedom is precious. And it's a hard balancing act to have in this very situation. And context is important and nuance is important. But that there is goodness in most of us. And we should try a little harder to find it every now and then, rather than just putting on boxing gloves and going to war. Good people absolutely do exist on all sides of the aisle, and we can't forget that. This has nothing to do with politicians or abortion or anything, but my dad and I went to this guitar store, Sam Ash. Big fan, I'll give him a free plug. Better than Guitar Center because Sam Ash family owned and they seem to be nicer. We go into Sam Ash because he had this issue with his guitar where he lives in Arizona and the desert has zero humidity and guitars are supposed to live in a 50% humidity 
climate at all times. It's why you go into a guitar store and you see a separate room for acoustic guitars. That room is humidified. So his guitar started to warp a little bit, blah, blah, blah. We ask one guy, he didn't really know what to do. We go into the acoustic guitar room. We see someone working there talking to another customer. Seems like he knows what he's doing. And he was nice enough to have a long conversation with me and my dad, explaining exactly all these things about acoustic guitars, which ones warp in the humidity or lack of humidity, which ones don't. And long story short, he says, oh, there's a way to fix this. You can put this little contraption inside your guitar, which has a sponge in it, and allow the guitar to rehumidify. We say, cool. We go outside the room. We look for this little humidifier item. Can't find it. My dad's like, oh, that's a bummer. I guess we'll get another one. I'm like, no, nah, we'll go up to the guy, see what he said. He seemed to know what he's talking about. Maybe he has advice. The guy says, oh, we don't have them, huh? Hold on a second. He goes back into his guitar shop in the back of the store, comes back with his own personal humidifier with a little sponge in it, had already been used, starts to show us how to use it. And my dad's like, oh, okay, so I can just buy one of these online? He goes, no, no, take this one. And we're like, oh, okay, well, how much do we owe you? He's like, don't worry about it. And that, I thought, was just... There was no reason for that guy to do that other than to help fix the problem another person had that he knew he could try to fix. And that's a really good story, I think, that we should think about when it comes to these kind of issues. Do you think you're capable of moving us in a better direction and articulating how and why we need to move in that direction? And if you are and you come across a person who you believe needs help in getting there, I think you should give it your best shot if you're doing it with well-being in mind. We're all just trying to help each other get through on this floating weird rock. And I like a debate as much as the next guy, but a fight is not a debate, and this devolves into fight way too fast. And sometimes you have to fight, and sometimes your passion spills over into anger and they get mixed and all that, I get it. But we gotta make sure we're all trying to move everyone in the right direction, and if you are, and if you believe you're on the good side of history here, explain it to the side that you believe is not. And that's what I'm trying to do. So just talk to each other. What's the worst that's gonna happen? If nothing else, it's gonna make us understand each other better, vote a little better next time with each other in mind, and make sure that these issues don't continue for the generations ahead of us just because we have a hard time understanding each other. Because that's a bullshit excuse. It's not an easy task, but it's one that needs to be done. Also, we should just vote directly on Supreme Court justices, but that's another podcast in general. I want to close with a post that Michelle Obama made for a couple of reasons. One, it's very eloquent. She's a great speaker. I think even people who disliked Barack Obama probably had to acknowledge that Michelle Obama was one of the best first ladies around, did a lot of good things, especially for children. And also at the end, she gives some information to where to donate if you think this issue can be helped in that way, which it can, and I encourage you to do. Also, I saw her speak after she put out her book, Becoming, and she did this series where I went to Madison Square Garden. I heard her talk for an hour or so. It was really cool and inspiring. She was very down to earth. At one point, she cursed, and it was like, oh, my God. They stopped the show. They were like, are you allowed to curse? And she's like, I don't know. And everyone was just laughing. It was really funny. But she's very well-spoken, and she said something really cool, and it was the only way I could think of to close this. I am heartbroken today. I am heartbroken for people around this country who just lost the fundamental right to make informed decisions about their own bodies. I'm heartbroken that we may now be destined to learn the painful lessons of a time before Roe was made the law of the land. A time when women risked losing their lives getting illegal abortions. A time when the government denied women control over their reproductive functions, forced them to move forward with pregnancies they didn't want, and then abandoned them once their babies were born. That is what our mothers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers lived through, and now we're here again. So yes, I am heartbroken for the teenage girl, full of zest and promise, 
who won't be able to finish school or live the life she wants because her state controls her reproductive decisions. For the mother of a non-viable pregnancy who is now forced to bring that pregnancy to term. For the parents watching their child's future evaporate before their very eyes. For the healthcare workers who can no longer help them without risking jail time. When we don't understand our history, we are doomed to repeat its mistakes. In this country, our futures are tied together in a delicate tapestry that we each have a hand in making. Too often, cynicism or indifference makes us feel like we don't have a say in weaving it, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The more we allow pessimism to push us further into helplessness, the less we will be empowered to help create the kind of country we want to live in. This horrifying decision will have devastating consequences, and it must be a wake-up call, especially to the young people who will bear its burden. I know this is not the future you choose for your generation, but if you give up now, you will inherit a country that does not resemble you or any of the values you believe in. This moment is difficult, but our story does not end here. It may not feel like we are going to be able to do much right now, but we can and we must. If you're like me and you want to get started right now, I encourage you to channel your frustration and anger into action by getting involved. Organizations like Planned Parenthood and the United State of Women, among many others, have resources you can look to if you want to help others or if you need help yourself. Our hearts may be broken today, but tomorrow we've got to get up and find the courage to keep working towards creating the more just America we all deserve. We have so much left to push for, to rally for, to speak for, and I know we can do this together. For Planned Parenthood, access care, learn more, and get involved at PlannedParenthood.org. For the United States Women Reproductive Justice Hub, you can access care, volunteer, and donate to abortion funds at USOW.org slash R-E-P-R-O. She probably said it better than I could in an hour or a lifetime. And if you can't get yourself to do any of that, at least try to talk to each other. We'll see you next week.